Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Get it, man. Inside the 9 o'clock hour on the fan, keep McPherson your nighttime host, rocking another 5-hour KM to AM with you, the fans that call the fans and chime in and call 877-337-6666. We're talking about the Super Bowl. I want to get to these calls before we bring in my first guest, Ted Wynn, who covers the NFL for The Athletic. Right now, let's go out to Riverdale and talk to Tony on the fan. What's up, Tony? Hey, how are you? Have a good night. Um, I got a question. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yep, I got you. I hear you. Yeah, you hear me? Okay. Um, Sneed on on the Chiefs, number thirty-eight. On that Christian McCaffrey touchdown on the double pass, he goes and he covers seventy-six with an offensive lineman. Like you said before, they say Shanahan was a genius for throwing up that play. That play should have been intercepted. Yeah, that's well, what I thought too. I'm like that. Yeah, go ahead. I don't want to cut you off. Yeah, why would he go after 76? He's not paying attention. There's only one guy that was going to catch that ball. And it wasn't going to be an offensive lineman who's going to rumble down the field for the 15 yards for the touchdown or whatever uh, amount of yards it was. You know, and also that personal foul. I mean, I'm a Jets fan, but I would have pulled him. You know, you're in the Super Bowl. He slaps. He slapped 49. It was just dumb. He's like, what are you thinking? You thought nobody yeah. saw that? I said to my wife, it's like he had a brain fart in the Super Bowl. He waited for the ref to come over, then smack the guy. It's like, what are you doing? Do it when they don't see. You're like, oh, you see me? You see me? Boom. Flag me. Yeah. Well, you know, I just had I had a beef with that all since last night. You know, and I'm like, it shouldn't have even been that close in terms of that, that one play. You know, he's going to 76. That ball was not going to be caught by him. He just had another, but I guess two brain farts because instead of going after the captain, he goes after the line. But I just had to get that off my chest, and I know what you thought of it. Thanks for the call, Tony. I'm running back that play. I'm trying to locate Ladarius Sneed in that play. Um, yeah, I think he just the guy just had a brain fart, obviously on the personal foul, which was right before that play. It's just stupid. Like um, McCaffrey get, or Mitchell gets tackled. There's a little bit of emotions, and 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 Ayuk grabs his jersey, but it's like he's staring right at the ref, literally right at the official. And that's why I said yesterday, I'm like, oh, what a brain fart this guy had. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna do this. So dumb. The official is coming towards you, 
and then you throw a little bit of a left hook into Brandon Ayuk, and what do you expect him to do? Flag. The rest are trying to stay out of the way. You asked for it. It's just, it's just dumb. In the biggest game, you're a guy that they're supposed to be able to trust. 38 Ladarius Sneed, um, a big addition on the team. I think he used to be with the Niners and was quoted as saying, it's better over here <laughs> on this side. And then right after that personal foul, Kyle Shanahan dials up the double pass to Jennings. I'm not locating 38 on this play. Maybe they did take him out like Tony suggested. Um, I'm not seeing him on the play when he says he went for 38 or he went for 76. Now, I'm not seeing him on the on this play at all. I don't know if he was on the field. They might have taken him out. I do not see 38. I see Bolton. I don't see Ladarius Sneed in the frame on that McCaffrey play. But watching the play again, just like, I don't know, it was such a long developing play. And when you when you see the formation is 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 trips to the left, split out, it's a bunch formation. Right away, when if it's a tunnel screen, like like you're you're not losing that many yards. From the line of scrimmage, Jawan Jennings catches the ball 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage. He's throwing the ball now 12 yards behind the line of scrimmage. It was so obvious. Long developing play. I think it, it's Nick Bolton, number 32, who could have made the play on him, but it's just one of those lucky plays. Good call at the right time. Defense wasn't ready for it, and uh, they end up scoring. But all is well that ends well. It didn't end up mattering. They they win. But uh, to another point with Tony, it's the Super Bowl, man. I had this thought of it as people were saying, oh, Andy Reid should have benched Travis Kelsey. Are you out of your mind? In the Super Bowl, you're going to bench your Hall of Fame tight end? Who's dating Taylor Swift? Nah, because you're not focused on your ego. You're not about to have a pissing match with a player. You're Andy Reid. You're not going to bench this guy. You need this guy. And the reason he's pissed off is because you took him out for a play. You wouldn't even say, Travis, go sit on the bench and cool off. No, you're trying to win. Let's go to Long Island. Joe, you're on the fan. Go, Joe, go. Hey, how you guys doing? Thanks, Keith. Take my call. Great mm -hmm. show you have. Thank you. Uh, just a quickie question. Well, first a comment. Um, the 49ers, you got to admit, they played a great game against these Chiefs, right? I mean, you can't deny them. You know, their defense going up against Mahomes, they played Could have a great won it. freaking game. Could have won it with right. an extra point made. Could have won it if you didn't muff that punt. Could have won it if you yes. just played and overtime a little differently. Yes, but that's my question now, and I need your opinion on this. I can't remember saying, all right, Shannon didn't know the rules. You know, stupid call by kicking off in the overtime instead of, um, you know, instead of kicking and receiving, kicking off. Let me just get your opinion on this. Everybody's trying to break down everything. Bada bing, bada boom, this one wrong, that one wrong. Doesn't it really come down to one thing? Got a freaking accident happened. No. A ball hit a cleat. Wait a minute. Right. Inside the Niners red zone with Mahomes, knowing he's just going to walk in. Don't you think the game just came down to that? I I I think that, you know, the point you make about football games, and I think we leave this out a lot, like and it goes back to the Dan Campbell decision, like he didn't he didn't kick it on that fourth down. You take the points. A football game is a combination of hundred decisions. And any one of them can throw the game off or cost you the game. And when you get to that point, you gotta make the right decision in the moment, but there's a reason you got there. There's there's a bunch of different things, fumbling the ball, uh, you know, not making right, a, right. But it was, but but that, but it really wasn't anybody's fault, is what no, I'm trying to say. No, you can't, say. and that's what you I know, say. The was, biggest loser is Kyle Shanahan because everybody's pointing at him and they're saying inexcusable right. in overtime. 
You should have deferred. And it's like, well, what if, what if, what if the defense imposed their will? Thanks for the call, Joe. What about Malcolm Butler stepping in front to, uh, you know, intercept the pass, imposing his will? If the Niners' defense makes a play, then they're the champions, and nobody's talking about the decision to go for it um, and take the ball in overtime. Let's go to Teddy and Yonkers before we go to break and bring in our guest. Hey, Keith, long-time listener, and uh, I love you, and I love your show. Thank you. Uh, Keith, there's one thing that bothers me. I know, I understand what you said about him not benching uh, Travis Kelsey. I understand that. Yeah. But I'm old school. I'm sorry, Keith. If that was Vince Lombardi, okay, and if somebody did that to Vince Lombardi, I'd want at least a public, a formal apology mm. by Travis Kelsey. The heck with him being a superstar, right. and the heck with him Who he's dating and being in the Super his Bowl. records. I and... want him to make a public apology to Reed, okay? That's, that was dehumanizing what he did. Okay, that's the way I feel. I'm old school. I'm the mm-hmm. Oscar Robinson disciple, okay? Yeah, it was disrespectful in the moment, and I understand your passion. Thank you for the call, Teddy. In the moment, the, the tweet I put out was, Trav, take it easy. This is a 65-year-old man that everybody loves and respects, and you let your emotions get the best of you. The world doesn't know your relationship, but we know the player-to-coach relationship. You're supposed to have respect there. You're supposed to have respect there. And it's not a good look for the young kids watching. It's not a good look for the Taylor Swift fans watching. And luckily you were able to win the game and you played a part in that and your coach laughed it off, right? And that's why, why I have to say this before we go to break. He's not Vince Lombardi and it's not back then. It's, it's right now. And Andy Reid, that's why I talked about the relationship between the Kelsey brothers, him obviously drafting Jason Kelsey and then going on to draft Travis Kelsey and calling Jason to say, hey, if I call your brother, they know... He, they know these are, are boys from Ohio that drink and party and have a good time. They're some wild boys. And before the game, it was spoken on that that Trav is the longest tenured chief. He has a little bit of a different relationship with Andy Reid, and I guess he felt like he could do that. He overstepped. The optics weren't good. He almost knocked the man over. Luckily, he didn't, and luckily, Andy Reid was able to keep his composure, continue coaching. He wasn't going to bench the guy, take him out, and we're not going to get a public apology because all we get is, you got to fight for your ride. And Viva Las Vegas and another clip of Travis Kelsey in the club singing, nah, 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 telling the Niners fans goodbye. The guy's on the top of the world. He's a Super Bowl champ back-to-back years. He broke records this year. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. And he ends his night making out with Taylor Swift at the win Las Vegas. Untouchable. Can't be touched. Keith McPherson on the fan. Anybody can be touched. Anybody can be touched. Reminder of that. Okay, we're going to bring in Ted Wynn, who writes for The Athletic, covering the NFL, so you can hear an expert, somebody else other than me, talking about the game, hear their viewpoints, their thoughts, their takes. I'll bounce, obviously, the main questions and topics off of Ted when we come back from this break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. 
and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Testaverde will take the snap, go to one knee. This game is over. The Jets lock up their first playoff appearance since 1991 on a 21-16 victory over the Miami Dolphins. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. And we're back. A uh, scheduling alert. It's on me, obviously. Um, I had my times crossed. I had my times backward, backwards with the guests. So I think I told you Ted Wynn was going to join us right now. And Mike Golick Jr. would join us at 10.15. No, Mike Golick Jr. will join us now. He's the DraftKings NFL analyst. Him and his dad, Mike Golick Sr., host a live daily show on DraftKings Network. Gojo and Golick. Uh, they anchor DraftKings Network weekday morning show from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. So, correction, joining us now, the legend, Mike Golick, Jr. on the fan. What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm good. Just a lot of uh, Super Bowl talk and notes and things. And, uh, you know, shout out to Sammy when I actually booked you guys. I had my times crossed in the text message. You know how sometimes you'll read a text and not really process it, and then you go and do your own things, and I just went back, and either way. Uh, so I queued you up as, as Ted Wynn. He'll join us in an hour, but good to have you with us tonight. I wish I had been Ted, too. Ted's a pretty smart guy. I enjoy his content, too. So I'll do my <laughs> best to fill in admirably in the spot that was supposed to be his. Yeah, you know what? He's a film guy. He's, he's definitely going to talk X's and O's. And you're a former player, and, I mean, I know we can talk X's and O's as well as the Jimmy's. And the Joes, I mean, obviously you know the conversation that's leading. Every talk show, every pundit, is the overtime rules, the players not knowing the overtime rules, and everybody pointing at Kyle Shanahan saying, inexcusable, his mistake, his fault. Oh, look what he did. And, and what I've been telling folks is hindsight is twenty twenty. I think it's a shame that NFL players don't know the rules, but it, it, it happens. Uh, but I'm not looking at Kyle Shanahan so much as like he lost – the game for everyone. I think that the game is bigger than just a decision on what to call uh, after the, the coin toss lands. What do you think about Mike Shanahan taking the ball, ultimately losing another Super Bowl, and these new overtime rules that we saw for the first time last night? Yeah, I think the overtime rules are good. It's a, it's a worthwhile change because there is such a debate about what the strategy should be and how it would work out. Uh, you know, Seth Walder, who uh, does a great job over at the ESPN Analytics Department, uh, pulled a bunch of different analytics departments around the NFL, the chief decision makers, helping these coaches figure out what to do with some of these new rule changes and said it was largely a 50-50 split in terms of what people thought about in that situation. And so, yeah, it sounds bad when the players don't know, but in my mind doesn't materially change any of the way they'd go about things. They still went out there and scored on the opening drive, albeit didn't get into the end zone. But None of that was a reflection of them not knowing the rules, nor was the fact that Patrick Mahomes just went down and showed his better was better than their better. So it, it sucks, and to me is more indicative of like, 
hey, Andy Reid and this Chiefs team, they were a part of the game that ended up getting this rule changed against the Bills a couple of years ago. And so Andy Reid deserves a lot of credit for understanding, hey, we're going to have every situation mapped out and we're going to be ready for anything because knowledge is power. But I, I don't think it's like a massive indictment of Kyle Shanahan. I would have definitely just opted to go and get the ball second because as we saw there, giving Patrick Mahomes in particular the information he was armed with on that drive, knowing, hey, they got the ball second, they knew the 49ers kicked the field goal, and now they needed to go score, so they were going to have four downs at every juncture. That's probably too much to give the greatest player in the NFL right now. Knowing that, okay, I can call game, I can walk us off by getting into the end zone, and then even looking at where the clock was, they left three three seconds on the clock, and a lot of people didn't realize that, hey, you know, we're going to roll over into a second period. I, I've said that this Super Bowl is going to be a classic. I feel like whether people understand that or not right now, that game had so many different things from offense, defense, uh, special teams, the halftime performance, the players in the game, the coaches in the game. Do you think we watched the classic last night, or are you thinking that, nah, that game was too slow, there wasn't enough points in the beginning? No, I mean, listen, the first half wasn't great. Like, it was a largely boring first half as they kind of jabbed and figured things out. But second half picked up, and, yeah, we ended up with a banger. And, I mean, the fact that this Kansas City Chiefs team now in this game officially puts an exclamation mark on the dynasty conversation that they're firmly at the center of, the fact that Patrick Mahomes now resume-wise in the postseason – basically only is in a group with Joe Montana and Tom Brady. He is leaving everyone else behind in terms of what he's done so far and did so with probably one of his best performances in a game where they still really lacked a true number one receiving threat, where he had to deal with a bunch of low snaps, all this to the tune of still going out there and throwing for 333 yards in a game where he had to put the team on his back in the second half. Yeah, I mean, this game felt like a classic by the end between – two teams that have been at the forefront of really both conferences for a number of years now as as embodied by the fact that this is a rematch of a game that happened four years ago. So, yeah, I I think we watched one that's definitely going to be a classic because now it's folded into the Chiefs dynasty narrative that's firmly in force. Yeah, count it. I I mean, not just the dynasty talk. I opened up tonight talking about the MJ conversation. Like, I, I got into basketball as a kid because, like Mike, I wanted to be like Mike. Mike was winning. And nationally, globally, kids wanted to be Michael Jordan. I said that red 15 jersey is starting to be worn around the country like that red 23 jersey was. And uh, I saw Kevin Clark write something that goes along with, you know, kind of what you just said. Kevin Clark wrote on Twitter, the reason I think Mahomes is Michael Jordan is because Jordan relegated so many would-be legends to minor characters. He left literally no breathing room for anyone else and shaped the legacies of basically all his contemporaries. We might be seeing it again. He's on his way. In the year that Lamar Jackson won his second MVP, he lost to Patrick Mahomes. In the year that Josh Allen who the rule for the overtime was put in place because we didn't get to see Josh Allen take the ball. Oh, we finally get uh, a home game in Buffalo for Josh Allen versus Mahomes. Mahomes is able to knock him off. Uh, What do you have to say about the MJ comparisons and his contemporaries? There are no other quarterbacks in this NFL in, in the conversation with Mahomes. Honestly, I saw a stat that came out today that his three Super Bowl rings, the only other quarterbacks with Super Bowl rings, in the NFL, they total his three. Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, and Russell Wilson have three combined. Yeah, I, 
I think, and I said this before the season, Patrick Mahomes exists in a tier all on his own in terms of the quarterbacks in the NFL. There are a lot of other really compelling players. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow when he's healthy, Lamar Jackson obviously all in that next group down below Mahomes, but he, he is in a group all by himself and it's equal parts overwhelming ability that we've seen, but also in recent years the way he's honed it into his craft. We remember him going on the shop saying, I didn't know what nickel was. Yep. I had struggles <laughs> in the early portion of his development. And now those have gone by the wayside. He's got enough reps and time under task, especially in the postseason, to where he has seen so much of what defenses are going to try and do. And he's done one of the really difficult things, which is adjust. He's the reason the Kansas City Chiefs have been able to change their entire style of play to become a team that can be led by the defense because they had to go out there and fill in the team differently once they paid him. They got to get rid of Tyree Kill because Patrick Mahomes could offset that now has won two Super Bowls since one of the other most important forces on their offense changed and walked out the door. So, yeah, he's in a group all by himself. The Jordan comparison's apt. The Brady comparison's apt. All of it's there because he's now the dominant force in the league until further notice. And so the sky's the limit on what they can accomplish because they've already shown they can weather a fair amount of change. This is a team that has a head coach in Andy Reid that's one of the best of all time. Brett Veach in the front office, their GM, have done an incredible job of hitting on those picks around Patrick Mahomes. And so we're allowed to have a fair amount of confidence in them going forward based on the trajectory they've demonstrated when the star of your team is only 28 years old and now only has two peers that are two of the all-time greats in Brady and Montana. Yeah. We're on the phone right now with Mike Golick Jr. He's an NFL analyst, college football analyst, former college football player, obviously knows his stuff. You're probably familiar with him. Let's talk about the quarterback on the other side. For Mr. Irrelevant, for a game manager, for a guy that I just feel like he was disrespected so much in the second season where all he did was win and get them back to the Super Bowl. And I think he made some plays last night. He took some hits last night where he showed he's not just anybody. He's an NFL quarterback. He's a good quarterback. What are your thoughts on Brock Purdy in year two? And uh, what are your thoughts about all the all the disrespect that he gets and, and all the labels that people put on him? Yeah, I think Brock's a product of having a lot of conversations at the same time, and so we get a little bit confused about who we're responding to. Brock Purdy had a great season. Brock Purdy has grossly outperformed his draft status. He's an awesome player, and he did make some plays. He played a fine game last night. He made a bunch of plays under pressure, but we also saw and have seen during this postseason run some of the physical limitations show up that happens with quarterbacks that are undersized or immobile. Brock is the former. He's not the latter. We've seen his legs. He can hurt you with that. He can make special plays with his feet to buy time, but pressure up the middle affects quarterbacks that are smaller or immobile more than it does the freaks of nature that we mentioned that are at the top of the NFL's quarterback tiers right now. And so I think for the 49ers, they've got one more year where Brock Purdy is bargain bin Brock Purdy, where they've got him on that rookie contract where he's making just over a million dollars. And so they've got to mortgage everything they possibly can to make sure that they get over the mountaintop next year. Because after that, listen, Brock Purdy going into this season, I think the under-talked-about element of his entire story was the fact that he didn't get an offseason. He was injured in the NFC Championship game famously last year and a throw elbow on his throwing arm. So that prevented him from having the normal offseason of growth that most players early in their career get and have a chance to make massive strides in. Brock's going to have a full offseason this year. He's going to have all that time with Kyle Shanahan again with the benefit of experience from this year. So he's probably going to get better because the pieces around him are still great as well. And so if he goes out and has another season like this, you're probably going to have to pay him if you're San Francisco, and then life gets very hard because you've been the team with the juggernaut roster 
for a long time now. And that's going to change if you've got to pay Brock Purdy the going rate for high-end quarterback play in the NFL after next year. So it, it becomes a very complicated conversation around Brock Purdy because he's a great player. He does not impact the game in the same way that the other guys I mentioned, Mahomes, Burrow, Lamar, Josh Allen. Like, it, it's just we don't have to go a step too far and say that he's those guys either, even if he is a very good quarterback and a reason why the 49ers were as competitive as they were. Yeah, and I mean, there's something to be said. Like, last Super Bowl that the Niners lost to the Chiefs, they had Jimmy G, and he missed open throws. I know Brock missed a couple open throws last night, but I think he makes more plays. I think he he makes them better than Jimmy G. Obviously, they moved on from him. And then after they lost that Super Bowl, what did they do in the next draft? They went to draft Trey Lance. They moved heaven and earth to get Trey Lance. How did that work out? All right, Jerry Jones ended up claiming Trey Lance for a fourth-round pick. So I just... I've been trying to put some respect on Brock Purdy's name. And, and the last question I want to ask you is about the big men up front. I know you're always campaigning for the big boys. And I think going into that game, many people thought that it was just advantage Niners on both sides of the ball. The D-line, there's too many names to name for the 49ers. The offensive line, Trent Williams and those guys. I mean, with Joe Tooney being out for the Chiefs, I think folks just thought the the you know advantage was going to be for the San Francisco not 49ers in the trenches. But, man... A lot of guys showed themselves on that offensive line and defensive line for the Chiefs yesterday. What do you say to that? Yeah, they weathered the early storm because San Francisco did come out and perform better, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I thought San Francisco's defensive front seven that had been much maligned for a lot of the playoffs because they gave up a lot of rushing yards throughout that run really bowed up big time in this game. They came out and set the physical tone. Fred Warner, Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, all these guys decided they were going to reestablish the line of scrimmage in favor of them, and they controlled a lot of the early game. They forced Kansas City into negative plays early, and they gave their passers a chance to impact the game and make Mahomes look pedestrian for a large portion of the first half. So they deserve a ton of credit. Steve Wilkes, a couple of questionable blitz decisions late in that game, but to your point, I, I do want to give Kansas City a lot of credit. The interior of that offensive line, Nick Allegretti, who stepped up as the backup in the last two games there, performed really well in Joe Tooney's absence. Those guys were able to go and buy time for Mahomes as the game went on, and they had to rely more on that pass game. Rushing attack wasn't there much that night, but that's, again, uh, I think part of the 49ers finally playing up to their standard there. But this Kansas City defensive front between Chris Jones and what an absolute game wrecker and closer he's been for this team, the way George Karloftis stepped up their draft pick, out of Purdue that's really become a bright spot on that defensive line. The other defensive tackles, Mike Pinnell against the run was a juggernaut in this game. And that linebacker group, I can't say enough good things about what this Kansas City unit has become. And the man at the helm for all of that, Steve Spagnola, has been an absolute monster in terms of a defensive uh, game plan designer of the postseason for his entire NFL career. He's been a part of multiple championship outlets now. And he's a big part of the reason why going forward, if you're Kansas City, you can have a lot of confidence that you're likely going to lose Chris Jones and you've got the right coordinator to be able to overcome that based on what we've seen him do with those parts, based on the talent they have on the back end of that defense and guys like Legereus Sneed and Trent McDuffie to feel good going forward. That group held it down for Kansas City for the majority of that game until the offense came online enough to win in some critical moments down the stretch. Yeah, like Mahomes said last night, the Chiefs are never underdogs and also they are a dynasty and they're just getting started. That team is built to be around for the next few years at least. Mike Golick Jr., thanks, Mike. Appreciate you. Thanks for the time. Appreciate it.
That was Mike Golick Jr. from DraftKings, from the Gojo and Golick podcast, covering the NFL, covering college football. Just good conversation with another football guy on the fan. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Manning back, steps up, heaves one down the middle of the field, into the end zone, and Nix makes the catch for the touchdown! He went up with the big hands and caught it on the Hail Mary on the final play of the half. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Ah, man. Today was a good day. Yesterday was a good day. Keith McPherson on The Fan, thanks for... Spending part of your day with us here at 1019 FM. We're talking sports in New York. That's what we do. 877-337-6666. And, you know, I, I always put out the yearly tweet. Like, I don't know who needs to hear this, but you don't have to wear the team that you love to the Super Bowl party. You don't have to pull out your uh, A.J. Brown jersey. I literally was washing dishes. I saw this guy out my window come out of his house skipping. Excited to wear a number 11 green A.J. Brown jersey to the Super Bowl party. You don't have to wear your eliminated team on Super Bowl Sunday. You don't You don't have to bring that pain back. And, I mean, the A.J. Brown one was funny because, like, A.J. Brown is non-committal to being an eagle. <laughs> he had an interview at the end of the season. Like, he wants to be out of there. He wants to be traded. And he got hurt on the way out this season. And, I saw a guy skipping to the bar in Jersey City coming out with uh, his Eagles green 11 jersey on. I'm like, you don't have to do this. You can wear regular clothes. You can wear your favorite baseball team or basketball team. Basketball's in season. You don't have to put on your team that got smoked this year, that didn't make the playoffs this year. I know the Eagles made the public. Jets and Giants fans all in unison, showing up to the grocery store on Super Bowl Sunday, repping their eliminated team. You don't have to bring those conversations to you. I I don't. I don't. I actually was able to point out the guy in my neighborhood. He wears his Dallas Cowboys jacket that says five-time Super Bowl champs. He wears it proudly, walks around with it. I'm like, you better than me. You are better than me. As soon as the Cowboys lose, all that stuff goes into a bag. And into the back of the closet storage, it, it 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 stays in there for months. I won't be seen in it. I won't be seen in it. I actually broke out my Yankee shirts. I'm like, oh, nice one. My Nestor Cortez Super Nintendo Super Mario shirt. Cool. Oh, I forgot about this Yankee shirt. I try to preserve my Yankee t-shirts. Not that I can't get a bunch of them. I'm blessed. I do get a lot of them sent for free. But when the Yankees lose and don't make the postseason... <laughs> Packing that stuff up, shoving it into the back of the closet, not to be seen until now. And we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Uh, spring training. It's upon us. We're going to get there. And even tonight, I will sprinkle in some thoughts for the Yankee fans, some thoughts for the Mets fans. David Stern spoke. And I think little by little, David Stearns is getting it more and more. I feel like his tune has changed. I feel like if there was a spectrum of Milwaukee David Stearns, to New York David Stearns, he's now closer to the New York David Stearns. He's starting to get it as far as what the fans want to hear, what the expectations are with the team here in New York, and you're not in small market Wisconsin anymore. So we'll get there. I, I got some things that I'll, I'll drop for you guys once we get to a 11 o'clock open mic time. I just 
wanted to get Mike Golick on, and my bad, I had the cr times crossed. Mike Golick, great guest. He's been on my show at least four times. Uh, he just joined us, 9.15 and 9.30. If you missed that, you can rewind in the free Odyssey app. And coming up at 10.15, Ted Wynn will join us. He's a football film analyst, and he'll give us some of his analysis, and I'll be able to ask him more about the X's and O's, the formations that were run, the personnel, the motions, why they went away from certain play calls, other things with Patrick Mahomes that he saw, and I'm sure he'll be able to share his insight. But for now, let's go back to the phones, 877-337-6666. Let's go to Mark out in California, see what Mark's thinking tonight on the fan in New York. Well, you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking that, really, I'm thinking a couple things. So okay. I'm going back and I'm taking a look because I keep hearing Brady. And, like, the thing about me as a Giants fan, at the bar yesterday watching the game, um, everyone was like, well, you're a Giants fan. You're rooting for KC. Well, think about it because I want somebody to be better than Brady because I actually like Mahomes. I think he's humble. I think he's a nice kid. Him winning and being the GOAT would at least cement Brady as number two. And I'm going to laugh at that when he's number two because we beat him twice. So, yeah. you know what I mean? At the end of the day, that's why I'm going. Belichick, for too. Belichick's seat is not sealed as the greatest coach of all time. Andy Reid's trying to have a say about it, that. He's he, not retiring. You know what? But here's the thing, though. Andy Reid is not going to coach as long as Belichick. I don't think he is. What I think. He, what if he is healthy enough to coach for five more years till he's 70? How many more rings do you think he number could Number one, have? Travis Kelsey's not playing five more years. So what my next argument would be is you take Travis Kelsey out of the equation, Keith. Number one, with the team they have this year, I don't think they win a Super Bowl without Travis Kelsey, right? You have God, to take that Travis into account. Travis Kelsey had a down year. He had a down year right. this year. He turned it on in the postseason in the playoffs. He did. He did. But when it all counted on that last drive, who was the ball being thrown to on every single play? Because, yeah, because that's just Kelsey, the, the, the chemistry, the rhythm that Pat has, right. the safety blanket. Sure, they can make right. another one. I think they can make another that, good tight end. that big catch on third and seven for like 27 yards. And, sure. And at the end, even though the ball was a back shoulder fade to the corner. He but think about this. Patrick Mahomes is successful throwing the ball to Richie James, Juju Smith-Schuster, right. McCole Hardman, Kadarius right. Toney. It doesn't matter right. who he's throwing the ball right. to, similar to Brady. He elevates his teammates. Whoever he's he got does. in there, he'll make it work. Richie Rice as well, who is their number one target, Marcus Scantling. Tyreek I mean, Hill guys goes are to not... Miami. They, they choose to give Mahomes the money and not Tyreek. They go back-to-back -back Super Bowl champs yeah, without arguably the best receiver to, in the league. It just goes to show you, like, everyone was hating on him that, like, hey, they got Tony from us. And, look, that never panned out. But I'm not saying that he's not going to play more years, but – the defense to me is everyone's talking about the Casey defense and Brady's defense because they like to analyze. But you look at the defenses the last five years for Casey, 12th, 14th, 16th, 9th, and 12th. Their defense was ranked 12th this year in the National Football League. Mm -hmm. Their defense is good when it matters. Right. And that's all that matters. Their defense Your boy, gets pressure. Look Steve at Purdy Spags. Yesterday. Spags knows what to get out of those guys in the big man. game. Still doing it. Still doing it like I, I thought when he left the Giants, man, good luck, dude. Then he goes to the great system in, in Kansas City and it just it flourishes. But, you know, Purdy is a seventh round pick. And yesterday, in yesterday's game, in the biggest moments, you're up 10 3. He had three opportunities to put the game away down 17 3. And he went two of seven for 15 yards. He played like a seventh round pick 
when it matters the most. Hats off to Purdy. Had a great season. But when it matters, Kyle Shanahan, it mirrored Super Bowl 51 for me. When they were running the ball down the Patriots' throats and he abandoned the run to yeah. allow New England to come back Panic. in this game. He called little, six little straight run pass plays. Yeah. It just, you go off it of make, what you're doing, what got you there in the moment. The moment becomes too big. Yeah. I don't, and, I, don't I mean, know. Greenlaw went down, but, I mean, he's – listen, the guy's got to step up. But to me – the going for it, you know, on I, – I heard what Warren Moon said on JR Sport Brief. He's like, you got to give the team the best opportunity to win. But listen, you really don't because if you knew that you were going to go down in there and score, the Chiefs would realistically still have an opportunity to come back and score. You go down there, kick a field goal, and it's tied. The last team has a chance to win the game. Yeah, you're cooked so regardless. Really, you knew, we all knew that game was over. You, you end up getting three out of it. Well, Harrison Bucker hasn't missed – all night. Mahomes and is going to at least get him in range. And you think that once they kick the field goal, that, that Mahomes' magic is going to start Oh, happening. yeah. They knew it. They, right the they knew we're floor. one drive away from, from, from solidifying our dynasty. Let's go get it. He didn't miss. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, and what's so crazy about this is uh, I was watching the press conference with Mahomes after, and he was saying that, like, Andy Reebok was calling plays to Kelsey. He was calling plays to Hartman. They were calling Pacheco plays, and he must everything and took a run for 26 yards by himself like he just he made put the game on his plays. back in that drive in, enforced his will made it happen thanks for the call mark that's that's the mark of greatness when i say he didn't miss when you watch these great players in basketball not miss shots down the stretch winning time they turn into closers they can smell how close they are to victory whether it's jordan whether it's kobe whether it's steph like you, you know when these guys know it's winning time and they're locked in, they're the best in the world, they can raise their level of play. They're not folding. When you talk about a Brock Purdy, I think he earned a lot of people's respect. But, yeah, he left some meat on the bone late. Even with his coach and the play calling, they left a lot to be desired. Christian McCaffrey is a Hall of Fame running back that played in this game. That might be his only Super Bowl appearance. You would have rather see them go down with that guy having the ball in his hand, but... There it is. Uh, we'll get to another call, but something I wanted to add about this Chiefs team, because you know, before I was talking to Golik saying how they're built for the future, man. When you look at George Karlaftis, George Karlaftis is out of Purdue in his second year. He's got two Super Bowl rings. Trent McDuffie is in his second year <laughs> out of Washington. He's got two Super Bowl rings. George is 22. McDuffie's 23. They made hella plays last night. Those guys are going Nowhere. Nowhere. Isaiah Pacheco, their running back. Seventh round pick. He's got two years of experience and two Super Bowl rings. He's 24. Those guys are young. They're under control. They're not taking a big chunk of the payroll. They now have the experience, back-to-back -back years, their first two years in the league, of what it takes being the top dog, top seed, and what it takes to go on the road and get it done. Having home field advantage being a road underdog. They they've seen it. They've experienced it. It's just going to make them stronger and they'll fill in the, they'll fill in the gaps in between. Let's go to Jarvis up in Harlem next up on the fan. What's up Jarvis? What's up Keith? How you doing? Good, good. You know, happy to have this much time to get all my thoughts and uh takes and stuff out about the Super Bowl as we uh move on from football most likely after today. Yeah, how about the um I want to talk about the Super Bowl. How about that game-winning um, catch by um, 
McComb Harmon that the Jets pick him up, that the Jets didn't use him, and and then go to an, um then uh, then the Jets kicked him to the curb and go back to Kansas City you and know. got a game with a field goal. <laughs> you know, as a Jets fan, they can't avoid it, man. You want to just be left out of the conversation, and it's now uh, yep, McCole Hardman, the guy that you paid. Right, the Jets paid him a good amount of money to come over here and play yeah, with yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Hard Knocks opens up with McCole Hardman telling Aaron Rodgers, "Hey, I've been watching you my whole life," and they couldn't figure mm-hmm. out how to use him. Andy yeah, Andy exactly. Reid literally had a package for him, Tiger Twelve. Right, that personnel oh that personnel means put the Tiger number twelve. I think he's still there. You still there, Jarvis? You know, well, I had to let Jarvis go. I thought that was an S word, Paulie. I hit the dump button. You didn't react. Not throwing you under the bus, but I thought I thought they, you know, used the S word. We can't use that word. No, we no, can we use can't. The B you know word what? A D. Nobody, n- nobody needs the negativity from <laughs> from McCall Hardman and Jarvis and Minna. And I love Jarvis in Harlem. I can't deal with it. We, Enough. They two have nothing to do with each other. The guy was a waste when he was a Jet. He was a waste. He did nothing. Him succeeding, which, by the way, I think it was his first touchdown in about three years, okay? That has nothing to do with each other. And these stupid Jet trolls get me so angry for no reason. That has nothing to do with anything. You paid him $4 million to go come here and go away. You traded him away. For a six-round pick, you attached a pick to him, and uh, man, it's, it, I think C-Mac said it's just a just the last kick in the nuts for the Jets fan. Nope, C-Mac, that wasn't the last one. The last kick in the nuts after a guy that you know wore their uniform and actually talked to Oz the Mentalist on Hard Knocks as well and predicted the Jets beating the 49ers in the Super Bowl. He felt something. He was right about himself. He would just be with the Chiefs. Doing that, uh, the last kick in the nuts for the Jets fans was, oh, new uniforms, bro. Like that's that's you, good. That 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 I have no idea what Woody's saying. You just can't make it up. And I don't know. Like they had this whole thing with like the players texting and this whole rollout for it. And it's like you know they're they're saying like you know new season starts right now. New season starts now. And it's like yo, just lay low. Do not attract any attention to yourself, Woody Johnson. You went to the NFL honors and chose to throw 24-year-old Zach Wilson under the bus and not any of the coaches that you're running it back with, not any of the grown men uh, in your building. You you choose to throw the young guy that you drafted, number two overall, right? That's your mistake. You co-signed that. You also co-signed him being QB2 this year. You throw that guy under the bus and say, oh, yeah, we didn't have a backup quarterback. Yeah, you also didn't have an offensive coordinator. You also didn't have a head coach. You also didn't have an offensive line. You also didn't have playmakers at the wide receiver position. McCall Hardman comes here. Dud. Alan Lazard comes here. Dud. How about all the guys? Randall Cobb, Billy Turner, Dalvin Cook. How about all the guys that... Aaron Rodgers wanted to come here that didn't pan out. It was not just on Zach Wilson. But then, of course, you double down. I don't get what his infatuation is with the Jets' uniforms. Their uniforms are never that dope. They're they're all right. I'll tell you the infatuation because his team sucks. Right, you and got his nothing franchise else. Franchise sucks. Materialistic. And has, yes. You, you care yes. about a, a diamond chain that says Woody across yes. your neck, 
and what pants the team is wearing each week. Yes, and again, I'm not a millionaire. I'm not a billionaire like him. So he, he his mind is is different, and I'm sure he worked hard for it, and him and his family worked hard for it. So this isn't about that. But his product sucks. Yeah. His team that he owns has sucked for decades upon decades upon decades. He can't control that. What can he control? Uniforms. Yeah, and, and putting materialistic himself... Thanks. Putting himself in the video, new uniforms, April 2024. Focus on the draft in April 2024. He really, he tweeted that up by, and, and normally. Right after. It, and normally you could say it was a time tweet. No, because it was, it was overtime. That wasn't a scheduled tweet. No, it was 10 minutes into the game. He that couldn't did. wait to hit send. Does he not really, even, <laughs> like, even if you're going to do that, does someone, his son, his, anybody say. It's tone dead. Dad, dad, bro. It it's going to get swallowed. Yeah, it just makes the Jets, the Jets more of a laughing stock. It's like, that's what you guys are worried about? McCole Hardman just scored the game-winning touchdown, a guy that you paid, brought here, and discarded because you couldn't figure out how to use him. He was trash here. That's pretty besides the point. I mean, I know he was trash here. He was trash. I also Everyone heard said that he, was he, trash. he thought he was above uh, playing special teams and doing certain things because he came over here with a he ring. Would, and He, he would have been above if he actually... You know, had talent, and he doesn't, and he wasn't even, he was on the field last night. I think it was for like 35 or 40, but he wasn't even on the field half the plays. He did make that big play when he Mahomes was He made the big running. play, when, sure. No, not the one to win the game. When no, Mahomes, the 52-yard, yeah, and then Pacheco Mahomes, fumbled it. Yep, when Mahomes rolled to the left and chucked that ball, I'm like, who's he looking for that deep? Double double covered, there's number 12, McCole Hardman. But uh, just like, man, the Jets, like, that's that's why I feel about, you know, when I talk about the Jets and, I, and the Jets fans, I'm like, bro, they're stuck. And they cannot get out of their own way. Like, just avoid. Just avoid that night. Just avoid right. poking your head out. The good part, if you're a Jets fan, is we're not too stuck. Because if Aaron Rodgers is healthy, this team is a playoff caliber team next year. They better do everything in their power. It has nothing to do with what uniforms they're wearing. They better do everything in their power to make sure that there's a starting offensive line. Look how and important backups. that was last night. Even in the the first few minutes of the game, both offensive oh, lines were what? incredible. We, we could we could take the next two hours of this show and talk about what the Jets lack that the Chiefs have and the disparity between the two franchises where Andy you the can't Niners sell me on them winning a Super Bowl when when Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes exist. You can't you can't sell me on, on them winning the AFC championship with those guys. Rob Sala's not come on. Let's 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 not do that. Andy Reid versus Rob Sala. <laughs> it just it doesn't make any sense to me how the Jets just find new ways. Only the Jets, same old Jets. Only the Jets can out Jets the Jets. 877-337-6666. If you're on hold, stay on hold. I'll get to you. We got two hours left in my show. Join the show. We'll be right back. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.